Hello and welcome to Stitch Talk. I'm Nicola, creator of the Design Your Own Cross Stitch Patterns course and all-round cross stitching enthusiast. Here we talk about all things cross stitch and catch up with your favourite cross stitch designers, hearing all about what inspires them, their design tips and what they love about the wonderful world of cross stitch. So thanks for joining and let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this month's episode of Stitch Talk. It's really great to have you with me and I have a real corker of an episode for you today because I've just had the most wonderful conversation with Hannah from Hannah Hand Make. so that interview is on its way very shortly. But first let's hear from the two wonderful companies that are sponsoring today's episode of Stitch Talk and there might be a little bargain discount code in there for you too. So huge thanks go to our first sponsor for today's episode, and that is The Stitching Den. So The Stitching Den do cross-stitch kits, they have a subscription box service, they have PDF patterns, and they also do custom designs. So I have most definitely fallen in love with their Live Simply, Laugh Often and Wine A Lot pattern. I think it would make an amazing gift. And also their um, cross-stitch kit for Keep Calm and Get a Piggy. As a devoted guinea pig owner, I definitely need this in my life. <laughs> they also have, um, as I say, their subscription box service. And this month they have a fall autumn design. And they also make custom kits, which are just amazing. You have to check out their Instagram for some of these gorgeous um, custom kits they've made for people. And they will turn anything, however big or small, into a custom kit for you. They also have a regular online stitch and bitch where you can catch up with other stitchers whilst you're enjoying your cross stitch time. So if you'd like to see more about what they have on offer, go to www.thestitchingden.co.uk and a special offer for our listeners. If you use the code MINDFUL15, you'll get 15% off your order. So go and check them out. And our second sponsor today is the wonderful Claire Brown X-Stitch and she is the lady to go to to meet all of your IDA needs. She has a massive selection of different colours. You have to check it out. I've fallen in love with the pumpkin spice. <laughs> Perfect autumn colour. And she has new prints and new colours arriving frequently, including seasonal prints, Halloween, autumn, Christmas. She's got a leopard print, pink Ida. It's honestly a stitcher's dream. <laughs> so Claire ships daily from the UK worldwide and she has regular giveaways on Instagram. So do head over and follow her there. And she also welcomes any custom orders you have, different sizes, need any help or advice on colours for a specific project or even thinking about a specific print for your Ida. So Claire has really generously given us 10% off for all Stitch Talk listeners. So you just need the code STITCHTALK um, on her site and you will get access to all of her wonderful fabrics. So check out Claire by visiting clairebrownxstitch.com and I've put that link in the show information as well. So before we dive into our interview for today, which I know that you are going to absolutely love, um, I thought I'd talk a bit about my stitching love of the month. And this month I have been in a world of samplers. So I was approached um, a few weeks ago now to consider doing a beginner's cross-stitch guide. So to do a little project um, and all the instructions of how somebody can get into the basics of cross-stitch and learn to do a very simple project. 
So that then sent me off down a complete rabbit hole <laughs> of thinking about beginner's cross stitch. Um, and I've started putting together a new course. So I've got my design your own cross stitch patterns course, uh, as some of you all know. And it sent me off down this rabbit hole of building a course for complete beginners. And at the same time, I just happened to be stitching a um, sampler by Riverdrift House Needlework. So I will put their link um, in the show information for that because they do a whole range of really, really beautiful samplers. So for the beginner's cross stitch course, I was looking through some of my patterns and thinking, you know, what would be ideal for a beginner to tackle? And I don't know, I'm not really one of these people who thinks that you need to start that simple really in cross stitch. For me, I think if you're inspired by the pattern, then you'll figure it out, won't you? <laughs> So um, a lot of the course really is about giving people the confidence to just go with it and stitch the things they really want to stitch. But I was really inspired that I was busy making these kind of mini motifs, which is what I'm teaching people with in the course. And I was busy stitching this sampler at the same time and realising that of course samplers are just a whole load of different motifs and techniques all in one piece and that actually when you come down to it a lot of cross stitches like that it's it's all a series of, of smaller parts that as you tackle them it builds up into something much bigger and more beautiful so that got me thinking on the sampler and where it came from and i have been researching <laughs> so i have some information for you a little bit about samplers um and I was absolutely fascinated by this, by the history and by how far back this goes. And I just love when I'm stitching to have that kind of background, like to have the background. Um, so Jennifer, um, in our last episode, she was talking about how she gives people a bit of background on the site that they're stitching. So she has these beautiful patterns of lighthouses. She was talking about how she gives a bit of information, sort of local history and even um, little stories about personal history attached to that um, place. And I, I just love that. I think that makes your stitching so much more special. So I thought a little bit of information about samplers might bring these to life for you next time you're stitching them, or maybe um, encourage you to check them out. So all this information comes from the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. If you are um, UK based and not in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> it is a really great place to go. Absolutely beautiful needlework collection. It's wonderful. And if you're visiting the UK, definitely put that on your list when you're in London, if you're a stitcher, because you'll be in heaven when you're there. So the English word sampler comes from an old French term. I'll try and say this with a lovely French accent. Essampleur. <laughs> <laughs> which means an example and samplers were there to they're a way to record and reference different designs stitches and effects so obviously um, when people were first stitching samplers there was no um, mass um, printing of things so they didn't have reference books at home to look up things so instead they would stitch um, the designs and effects and and particular stitches they were learning onto a big piece of cloth, roll it up, and that would be what they would work from. That would be their example. Um, and these were made by both adults and children, by experienced stitchers and less experienced stitchers. It was just how people used to keep track of the stitches that they knew and what they could recreate um, in their next piece. And I love on the VNA website it says... 
It was a way that people could write down what they'd learned or um, stitch down rather, rather than write down, stitch down what they'd learned or copied from others. So I love almost that, you know how we're all on Instagram now sharing our favourite patterns. I love to think of like these people in the 14th century, like wafting around like, oh Jane, I love your um, rose stitch. I'll just grab my sampler and <laughs> make a copy of that one. And then she pops up next, you know, with a matching, <laughs> matching little flounce on the bottom of her dress. I love that idea. Um, so the V&A in London actually has a um, sampler from the 14th century. It's from an Egyptian burial ground. So they have one going far um, all the way back to the 14th century, which is extraordinary when you think that it's stitched on cloth, which doesn't preserve very well. Incredible. Um, they also have a um, sampler from 1598 that is the first known sampler or the oldest sampler that includes an embroidered date on it and it also has the person's name. So it was stitched by Jane Bostock in 1598 and she commemorates on her sampler the birth of her child, assuming it's her child, um, a little girl called Alice Lee. I mean, how wonderful is that to think that her story is preserved now throughout hundreds of years and we're talking about it now on the internet, which poor Jane Bostock never uh, would have had a clue what we were talking about on podcasts. Podcasts didn't even exist. Um, but there she was stitching um, this beautiful thing to remember her daughter and um, it's still here now. It's amazing. Love that. And then in the 17th century, samplers um, developed more into sort of practice pieces. Um, so young girls particularly would be stitching them so that they could learn um, how to do embroidery because they needed it for their life running a household or working in a household. They needed to be able to embroider people's names on their sheets and their clothes so that when they got washed, they came back to the right person. And so they started making these things called spot samplers, which was just sort of randomly placed motifs and bands um, that of stitching that they may have put on the bottom of a dress or on the edge of a sheet. Um, and they really became how people learned to stitch. They practised on their samplers. And by the 18th century, it started to develop in England into... Um, stitching houses and other local details and you'll see on the one I'm stitching it's got a house right in the middle um, Jane Austen's house uh, one of her houses um, and that's really um, typical detail that's come from the 18th century and they'd also put in other local details um, of the place where they were stitching which is lovely um, and around that time cross stitchers will be pleased to hear that cross stitch began to dominate and before that lots of different Stitches were recorded on the samplers, but now cross-stitch um, started to become the dominant stitch used for these things. And as we come into 1811, there is even a pattern stitched of the solar system, which I love. So you've got these girls at home learning to stitch and they're stitching the solar system. <laughs> love it. <laughs> and maps of the world. <laughs> So there you have it, a little potted history of the sampler. So um, as I say, do check out River Drift House Needlework, trying to get it right. <laughs> so I've linked them up in the show information below. Um, but yeah, do check them out. And 
And so let's dive in now to our interview with Hannah. So for those of you who don't know Hannah's work, um, I don't think there's many of us left who don't know Hannah's work. <laughs> um, uh, Hannah runs the company Hannah Hand Makes and she has a whole load of really beautiful designs for beginners to cross-stitch. She also runs stitch-alongs and she has a Christmas one starting very, very soon that's definitely worth checking out. And she's just an all-round lover of all things cross-stitch. So I hope you really enjoy this interview. So hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for joining me today. That's great. I'm so happy to be here. Can you say a few words to introduce yourself to our listeners? I'm sure they will know who you are, but... <laughs> they might not. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Hannah. I'm from the UK. Um, I run a business called Hannah Handmakes. Um, my husband's military, so I love running my own business. So when he has to move, I can just move with me. Um, and I've got two kids who have just turned seven and four. Yeah, and that's about it, really. I love cross-stitch, obviously, and I love to read as well. Big reader. <laughs> and have you got the kids at home, or have they back? you've got them back to school? Yeah, they're back in school. My youngest has just oh, started good. reception, so. Oh, exciting. Yeah, she loves it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good. That's good. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, you've got you've got your house back to yourself for business purposes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was a bit tough there in the summer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, things like this, like recording, is just oh, it's so much easier, isn't it, when there aren't small people hanging yes, around? Definitely. <laughs> Brilliant. And can you tell us a bit about your um, stitching journey? So, when did you start getting into cross stitch? So originally I started when I was probably around seven or eight and um, my nan and granddad got me a groovy chick cross-stitch kit from the <laughs> local market. Um, so that was like my first little kit that I got but then like most of us probably stopped during my teenage years mm. and then when I had my first baby um, he was like really really ill so it was just like I just was the end of the day and be like I've just sat there with a baby all day and I just wanted something to kind of do while I was at home with him so um I, I actually started quilting at first but that was just too hard to do with a baby around so then I got a cross stitch kit a tatty teddy one and just started cross stitching instead I just found it so much easier when you had the kids at home especially the young ones um when they're young to cross stitch mm -hmm. just pick it up put it down so I just started again when he was probably around one-ish uh, maybe a bit younger and kind of haven't stopped since then <laughs> and he's seven now so it is brilliant for that isn't it that it's the kind of thing that you can just you don't have to be totally focused on it all the time you can pick it up you can put it down yeah that's just I just love it so much for that I always say when you're a new mom that's like one of the best hobbies <laughs> I yeah. found like with the quilt and there was just so much because I was doing um English paper piecing do you know what that is where like it's kind of like hand quilting and there's so many like shapes and pieces to it and it was just so hard to I'd get it all out overnight every night and then he'd wake up and I'd have to just like put it all down and then oh, it was just a nightmare to try and pick it up and put it down and cross stitch was yeah. so much easier so and I yeah. like how quick it is sometimes to finish it off yeah absolutely yeah I mean I was similar in that I um I was doing dressmaking when I before I was pregnant and then I couldn't I mean crawling around on the floor trying to cut yes. off I can't do this and then that's why I picked up cross stitch because I thought oh this is you know I can just sort of relax in my chair and pick it up yeah. put it down I took it into the um 
labor ward with me (laughs) yeah I wish I'd had it when I was pregnant in fact I think I actually bought the kit when I was pregnant thinking back and I was like I was thinking I'd finished maternity leave when I was 38 weeks and I thought I'll have a few weeks now to do this cross stitch kit and then I went into labor at 39 weeks I didn't even open it and then I kind of forgot about it and I think it was when we were moving house that I kind of seen it again and this is when I was quilting and I was like oh I can do that instead Yeah, and that began a very exciting journey, which led to your business. So when did you start Hannah Hand Makes? That was, um, oh my gosh, 2015 it was. Yeah, five years now, five and a half years ago. And what made you first want to start it? Well, I've actually always wanted to start a business. Um, Before I had kids, I kind of wanted my own cake shop. That's what I was trying to go into. Um, I worked in a cake shop and I would do cakes like for family and friends um I've just always wanted to work for myself like anything that I've kind of tried to do because I tried a lot before (laughs) I had kids I always wanted to be different things it was always coming back to have my own business and then when we did move house like I said my husband's military so we moved away from like family friends everything and I moved across to be with him and again I had that feeling I think my little one was about 15 months old um that feeling of kind of like I wanted to go back to work but it's really tough when you're mili- in a military family to mm. find a job because obviously if he gets posted away for three six months I, I don't even know what you do because I've never tried it but it must just be a nightmare and a lot of military families the wives do end up with their own businesses lots of childminders and things so mm. I just wanted to go back to work really and um, a few people have been asking me about the quilt that I made because I did end up finishing it so I was thinking oh, I could buy a sewing machine, maybe get into quilting now he's a bit older. Um, but I also was designing my own cross-stitch designs then as well. Um, so I just thought I'll make a business called Hannah Hand Makes and kind of just include everything and see where it takes me. And this was back when you could just start a Facebook page and run a business from Facebook. Mm. So I just started a Facebook page called it Hannah Hand Makes. And, you know, I didn't even know about Etsy or anything back then. Um I just kind of posted in Facebook groups and really the cross stitch is the one that took off which I was kind of glad about as well because <laughs> that's the one I love the most. Yeah it's so interesting yeah. to hear how people start out and the sort of experimentation phase that you have. Yeah I think you've got to go through that when you start a business like it's mm. you can never like everyone says like oh make your five-year plan and plan it all out but I just think everything evolves so much and even Hannah Hand makes now like there's just so many different things with it that I never would have even known existed back when I started like obviously you've got a course as well I didn't know about online courses Mm. back when I started and that's something I've got now and I know you have too but back when I started that five years ago that would never have been something I thought that I would do like I was making the design completing it and selling the finished pieces like even patterns and kits I didn't even know you could go online and download a pattern I just thought everyone got them from magazines (laughs) so yeah I think you've got to go through all that experimentation and just see how it evolves over the time yeah yeah and I guess find your style as well because you aim your patterns and kits more at beginners so did that evolve over time yeah you know I was thinking about this when I was looking through the questions and you know, back then I was always aimed at beginners. And I think because I was a beginner myself as well, when I did start making the kits, I wanted people to have that quick finish because yeah. when I used to see, when I, cause I used to get magazines as well, I used to subscribe to Cross Stitch Crazy and 
the patterns were so big and I thought that's going to take me forever <laughs> so <laughs> I just wanted some like small ones myself so that's kind of what I did I, and that's why I aim them at beginners because a lot of beginners do like the smaller kind of ones I mean I do bigger ones now but my kits are mainly still for beginners yeah mm-hmm yeah. yeah and you've got your um stitch alongs as well so we were saying before we started yes. recording that you're flying away with your Christmas <laughs> one it's amazing so yeah it is I know I, I mean I think I started them in 2017 okay and that was just on a whim some I had a magazine interview yeah and I just mentioned them thinking of doing a Christmas stitch along and she printed it so I was like <laughs> okay gotta do that now <laughs> but I'm so glad that I did because I love running them they're so I mean they're a lot of work but I do love running them and it's so nice the community aspect I, I bet of doing that that you get to really meet people and sort of see them progress through your um design yeah. where you pro- maybe wouldn't otherwise yeah I love seeing everyone talk about it in the Facebook group and they always like change the patterns up and stuff I love seeing what people come up with different colors and things like that yeah I love seeing all that as well about with them yeah that's great I used the example actually when I was talking about them of like reading a book you know when you have like a book club and you're all talking about the same book it's mm-hmm. kind of similar where like you're all stitching the same pattern and you don't really get that in cross stitch very often so but with stitch alongs obviously you can you're all talking about it and trying to because it's a mystery and I know a lot of people run them as mysteries as well and trying to like guess what's coming next and stuff I yeah love it's so, how that all it's happens so exciting. it's like and the Christmas thing I think it's a bit like having your own like cross stitching well yours is an advent calendar isn't it but it's like it is a, gonna be yeah it's like a little thing like oh how exciting yeah yeah <laughs> that's great yeah it's so nice and how about your podcast because you have your own podcast the cross stitch podcast so what's it been like entering into the world of podcasting well I'll be honest when I first started the podcast it was actually more for like the business side trying to get people you know trying to get out there a bit Mm. you know I I listened to a lot of business podcasts myself and everyone was like you should start a podcast if you've got a business so that's where it kind of came from I just love it so much now though I mean my voice back when I started I cannot listen back to those first ones it's so (laughs) cringy I was saying to you your first podcasts are so good mine are awful (laughs) I put on such a weird voice when (laughs) I was recording but I do love it now um I just I back then as well the reason I liked podcasting was because I never would have put my face on a camera back when I started so I liked being behind the microphone instead mm-hmm. I was too shy to like go on a camera and speak so that's why I really loved it and I just think you come off a bit more naturally when you're podcasting I think you're a bit more comfortable because you're not worried about what people are like thinking of the way you look so I just find them oh, I just love them so much and you can just be in someone's ears chatting away to them I just I love listening to them and I love hosting one as well. It's really good. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a podcast listener. Do you enjoy it? Oh my gosh, I'm like a junkie. <laughs> I have to like stop myself from what, listening to too many. I just love them so much. <laughs> they are great. But that, like, almost like, feels like a friendship through podcasts. It's really weird, but you know, because you sort of hear everyone's people's like day to day. And yeah, I love them too. I think they're great. and I just found so many good people through them to follow and stuff online so yeah I do love them but it's strange like do you remember in school when did you ever do the test where you're like trying to find out what Mm. learner you are and it was like kinetic Mm. audio or visual and my audio learning was always awful like and I remember I just would like daydream in school if a teacher was just stood there talking to me I'd be like I cannot listen to you but but I don't know why I love podcasts now so much and I take it all in Mm. so much better but 
maybe it's because I'm interested in the subjects I'm listening to a little yeah. bit more but yeah I just never really thought I would enjoy them but yeah it's a bit like getting advice from a friend almost I find that it I don't know I'm saying with me it, like it lands in a really different way yeah. to like reading a, a um, blog or something like that it's just yeah it just feels different yeah it's quicker as well and I think like you can listen to them in the car I remember like when my little one was a baby, when my youngest was a baby, I'd take her swimming. Mm. And then after swimming, she'd always fall asleep and I'd just have to park at the school for half an hour listening to podcasts, waiting for my other one to finish school. Mm. And I just found, like, you could, I wouldn't, it's better than, like, like you said, we're reading blog posts. You're not on your phone, really. You're not looking at a screen. Mm. So, I don't know, I would never read that much as I do listening to a podcast. I would never go in and read all of those people's blogs, like, read the show notes, Mm. but listening you're just taking so much more without being staring at a screen the whole day yeah and it's definitely a mum-friendly way of um yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's funny I actually find I listen to a bit less now that they're in school because I'm actually working (laughs) in the day all day but when they're around the house and I'm just like pottering around I just would have a podcast in usually Mm -hmm. yeah oh that's great and um how about your design so where do you find your inspiration for your designs when you're coming up with a new stitch along or a new pattern well you I used to really follow trends a lot like if you look at some of my older kits it's like llamas and unicorns and rainbows um but now I do find myself more like thinking oh what would I like to hang up in my home because the reason I actually got into cross stitch wasn't really to make things for the house it was just the act of stitching like I really enjoyed relaxing at the end of the day and finishing something but I've got so many just piled up I didn't actually do anything with them I just like stitching Mm. it but now I do find myself thinking oh I want to like make something to hang up myself and then I'll just release that as a kit or pattern (laughs) but so it kind of all starts with like the room and the colors in the room and I think what would be nice hung here in this room what colors would look good in this room and usually especially from a stitch alongs I do try and offer a few different color options for people if they're going to be hanging up because obviously everyone decorates so different Mm. but um and then Christmas I just love like traditional Christmas like all the Christmas colors um you know more and I find for Christmas I do target a lot of mums because I think we can get away with making those kind of like not childish but you know those fun colourful designs because it's Christmas is a lot for the kids as well so I love designing like fun Christmas ones as well um yeah but it does start a lot now with colour and just rooms like looking in a room or like I might see like something on Pinterest and some colour palettes on there or something and I think oh I really like those colours what design could I make using those colours and it's also a lot of like projects now because of the blog like I make like bookmarks and banners and things and do tutorials for those so mm-hmm. yeah it kind of comes from everywhere really <laughs> but I do try not to follow trends too much anymore because I think the kits just don't last as long like those kits sell for a little bit and then nobody wants them after that trends kind of died off again mm-hmm. so then you have to come up with new designs all the time to keep on top of the new trends so I do try not to really look too much into the trends anymore I think there's a place for it because people do like the trends and like getting things that are quite trendy but I just don't really do that myself anymore try to stay away from <laughs> looking at the trends too much yeah more things that have a bit of a longer shelf life for you yes mm-hmm. exactly. and how yeah. do you collate your ideas do you have like a sketchbook that you keep things in or yeah I've actually got a cross-stitch planner um 
I designed that a few years ago. I used to sell it, but now I tend to just do like one run of them, like every year near the end of the year, I'll get a batch of the cross-stitch planners in. Um, but I've got my own and inside I have like a mind map section to like mind map all ideas out. And then I've got sections with like all the different months and uh, write down which projects I might stitch each month. Um, and then, yeah, I just kind of sketch them out and sometimes I'll like sketch it and then I'll trace it onto graph paper and then put it on the software like square by square um but then nowadays though um I can usually like draw out a design I always start with drawing it out because I like to see where things are placed mm. and then I can kind of like copy it digitally like I just kind of know what the pattern needs to look like but yeah I've got a planner so I just kind of keep all my ideas in the planner so you can go from the sketch like straight into your design on the computer? Usually I can now, yeah, most of the time. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And do you have a set kind of colour palette that you go to or are you a... Uh... You um, spend hours colours. This is like my favourite and also like my least favourite part. I just think I love putting colour palettes together. Like I said, I always start with the colour. Um, I do like putting them together, but sometimes there's so many options that I'm like between two shades of a green, like which shade should I use? And it's just so silly. But, you know, I really love like, um, I'm into like kind of like navy blues and like pale pinks, greys mainly because that's what I have in my house right now <laughs> um, yeah. but then Christmas I kind of always try and go for the same color palettes because I know people like their decorations to match so some people join my stitch along every year my Christmas one so I like them to have matching decorations so I do kind of have like a set Christmas palette for the stitch alongs and then the rest of the year I just kind of go with the seasons too like if it's spring I'll go for those springy pastel colors um and I try and just bring in a few new colours every time. But I do have a lot of the same colours throughout most of my designs. You'll see like a lot of similar colours throughout. Yeah. Mm. That's probably quite nice of people as well, though, because I find that um, some designers I love to stitch use the same colours and then you've got them. <laughs> so yes. it's great. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. You pattern, you think, oh, yeah, great. Dig out that. That. Oh. Exactly. That mm. is another thing. Yeah, I do love doing that as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it makes it a little bit more economical yes yeah well I, when I launched this stitch along um this Christmas one like when they come in there's like a welcome video and I said to everyone just try and use your stash up because you know I always think that too like we're always buying new things all the time all the time in cross stitch and I know people like to build up the stash but I'm quite um I was raised like my mum is um like an environmental officer <laughs> I was raised to like, you know, not buy too much and not waste too much. So I do always try and encourage people like, use your stash up, use your own colours. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's and it's quite in, in its own way, that's a sort of creative and challenging thing to do to exactly get out yes. your um your stash and kind of figure out what you can substitute in and what's gonna look good. Yeah, and... I do I give them ideas too, like I'll say like, well, because like there's four shades of red in this stitch along and I'm like, you don't need to buy all four, like if you've got two shades at home, just use those reds, like it's fine like yeah I do like enjoy trying to tell people like use your own colors and make up your own palettes and stuff but then some people just don't want to do that they just want to just use the set colors which is fine as well obviously <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's it. sometimes it's nice to treat yourself isn't it exactly. to the yeah they do like the nice supplies yeah. <laughs> yeah and um so of all your designs and every time I ask a designer this I say I feel like I'm asking them to choose their favorite child but <laughs> your designs do you have a favorite um I'm gonna choose like three <laughs> okay, <that's fine. laughs> 
Well, my, I think right now my favourite is uh, my 2017 Christmas stitch along. I think that was a, no, that was my second Christmas stitch along. We'd done like a Tis the Season. I've just realised I actually did, I've done four Christmas stitch alongs now. So it's my second, yeah. Um, I just love it. It's, it's got Tis the Season and it's just, it's the colours again. I love the colours on it. Um, it's got like bauble and tree and bells on. Um, that's probably my favourite. Um, I'm trying to think what my other one was that I wanted to say. And I can't remember. <laughs> oh, I'm making one now, actually. Um, it's a quote that says, books feed my mind, cross-stitch feeds my soul. And for this one, I just kind of, again, I just decided not to go for the trends and I just kind of used what I kind of want to put on a design. And it's got like butterflies on and a keys on and just like random things all over it. But I love it and I love mm -hmm. the colours. But I do think once we finish making this advent calendar, it will probably be, be my favourite because I've wanted to make an advent calendar for so long. <laughs> so I do think yeah. in December this might be my favourite one. Yeah, that's so fun. And it's something you can pull out every year, isn't it, yeah. to enjoy? Well, we had a reusable advent calendar when we were kids. So I've always wanted one to make one. But I never thought about making a cross-stitch one, actually, until, well, a few months ago when I came up with the pattern. But, yeah, I'm excited to finish it off because I've not finished it myself yet <laughs> I'm nearly done yeah. but yeah I'm excited yeah, and then you'll get to see all these lovely virgins out there in the world as well yeah so that's really exciting yeah oh great and um what is your favorite thing about being part of the cross stitch community you know I think it's just that everyone's so nice I always say to my husband like whether it's a customer or just someone in my Facebook group they're all so helpful and I say like it's probably because we all cross stitch so much. We're all so relaxed and chilled out. <laughs> no one really gets too like heated up yeah. about anything. <laughs> but yeah. they're just all like lovely. Like my Facebook group, like I'm obviously I run it, but I don't really need to do anything. Like I go in and everyone's answered questions for me already. They're just all so lovely. And there, there's never like a right or wrong way to do anything. People are always sharing the different ways of doing things and no one's ever saying well this is the only way to do it you know they take on different opinions and I don't know I think just everyone's so nice and with the business side of the community too I just think again like we're all everyone's so nice again and I think we all have such different styles that we understand that there's no competition there like we go to different people for different types of designs because we all have those different styles and different things we create so I just think like I don't know I just think everyone's just so lovely in the community so that's my favorite part and yeah mm. we just all understand how much we all love cross stitch and most people might like when I tell people oh yeah I run a cross stitch business I get these looks like what <laughs> but I'm like you just don't understand until you come into the community like it is obviously such a big thing and I think it's just getting bigger with what's happened this year with like during lockdown I've seen such an increase in people buying kits yeah. and patterns and wanting to learn something to do at home because they had the time and I just think it's a handcrafting and of any kind I think it's only going to get bigger and bigger to be honest I think it's going to make a massive comeback now we're all like have taken the time to like think oh we do deserve a hobby we need something to do at home I hope people carry that on after everything's back to normal again one day <laughs> Yeah, I, I really agree. There's been lots of people. So lots of people who come into my course are fairly new um, cross stitchers mm -hmm. and have just picked it up during this time. And it's just it's exciting, isn't it? Because 
us who are kind of in in this world and know about it know what a positive and happy and supportive place it is and it's just really exciting to introduce new people into it really it is yeah I mean some people obviously cross stitch you know I I did like a um a podcast episode about reasons why we stitch and some of them are like heartbreaking because obviously a lot of people cross stitch to deal with like mental health problems and things but at the same time everyone is still so positive and supportive even though they might be stitching for not very nice like reasons they're trying to make it you know trying to help themselves but they're all still so nice and it's really lovely seeing that still that people come into the community maybe a bit down and a bit anxious but they're still just all so helpful and supportive of each other as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that you can, however you're feeling, you can go onto Instagram, post a lovely picture of some stitching, and you know that people are going to be positive and affirming. And I just think it's just a lovely boost, really. Yeah, that's it. There's no like comparison, really, is there? And I always say, no. like, people, I don't, again, this is another podcast episode. I always see a lot of people worrying about like what the back of their hoop looks like or if the stitches aren't neat enough. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't need to worry about that. Like, just yeah everyone in our community is so lovely if somebody posts like it's their first design there's never any like oh you made a mistake here or oh you haven't pulled your stitches <laughs> yeah. tight enough or whatever no one's ever like that they're all just so supportive and lovely and yeah <laughs> yeah no it is great and I found um this week I've been filming um a some new videos and so I've been stitching on camera oh. <laughs> and I've realized like how much oh my goodness you just agonize over it don't you I'm like oh no yeah oh look at that <laughs> oh no I've started again oh, I know well I've got my course and I did oh my gosh it's a nightmare trying to film on camera and I was just like when I look back at them I just want to redo the whole course because I'm like oh my gosh and you know yeah. I've got like I'm trying to do a French knot on camera with my like hands around the camera I've got about 15 outtakes of trying to do a French knot on a camera <laughs> just yeah oh, no. it's terrible yeah. oh dear but there we go we get there in the end yes. it's all good. <laughs> oh well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and I hope that the stitch along I know it'll be brilliant I hope it goes really really well for you oh thank you very much it was lovely to talk to you today thank you bye, bye. So thanks again to Hannah for coming on to the podcast today and for all that wonderful stitchy chat. I hope you really enjoyed it. I'm going to put all of the links to Hannah's various accounts and to her shop um, in the show information below. So do check that out. And I will also add the links there for our two sponsors today, The Stitching Den and Claire Brown X-Stitch. And I'll see you guys next month. Bye.